1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leave the Pin-In podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and as always, I've got my co-host, the man who can drink you under the table when it comes to Arnold Palmer, my man, Scott.
0: Scott, what's the good word? Uh, That is definitely true about the Arnold Palmer. I love that stuff. Uh, I actually advocated once that the winner of this tournament be doused in a giant jug of Arnold Palmer, kind of like you know Bill Belichick, just on the Super Bowl style. So, you know, just throwing it out there. I mean, Ricky Fowler, I know you're waiting around to congratulate whoever wins. Maybe throw some Arnold Palmer on them.
1: I like that idea. I think I'd take that even one step further and have them shake up, like, the Arizona iced tea cans of it. You know, those Mm 99-cent ones that are, like, 24 ounces.
0: Yes. And then they could, like, go on, like, either side, like, pouring like, a, a canopy of Arnold Palmer. That'd be brilliant. Yeah.
1: I like that idea a lot. Hey, listen, uh, we just want to let people know about, obviously, our podcast, but also the entire Bring in the Heat podcast network. Find us on iTunes. Find us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter. That's at leave underscore the underscore pin. And please check out all of our podcasts. If you're a pro wrestling fan, listen to the Squash Match podcast. And for all sports, there's no better place to get your info then the Bring in the Heat podcast. And also, Scott, I don't know if you saw this yet, but we have a YouTube channel.
0: We do have a YouTube channel. I did see it. Um, I did not subscribe because I felt like if I subscribed to it, um, it's kind of like, I, I don't know, I felt arrogant subscribing to my, my own network's YouTube channel, but uh, I think I'm going to rectify that situation later. Yeah, I think that's so, a good
1: idea. The, the more followers, the better. And, I, and Scott, I don't mean to toot our own horn, but we literally almost matched what we had last week on SoundCloud alone on YouTube.
0: Uh, you know what? I didn't know that. Last time I looked at it, we did have, I think, 26 listens. Oh, um, it's
1: much more than that now. You must have listened to it ooh. within like the first few hours of it going up.
0: Uh, yeah, it was. I would say within the first hour or two.
1: Yeah, we've we've jumped, brother. We have jumped, uh, w- which is weird because, like, we're not videoing ourselves. You know, listening to you know doing the podcast—that's not possible. You're in New York. I'm in PA. We're just putting the audio up. But I guess it's great for people that have a job where they can wear headphones or something, they're at a computer all day, and Mm -hmm. they just put the YouTube channel on and and go.
0: That is actually, that's how I'm going to listen to uh, Bringing the Heat at work tomorrow. I was going to put it on YouTube and let that go, because then it looks like I'm getting work done. So I strongly encourage the audience to go ahead and do that too.
1: Uh, We definitely encourage the audience to not work and listen to our podcast that's a, a great idea uh, so let's let's get to this week's tournament rundown it's presented by low side Golfware. use code lgig and get 15 percent off their golf wear it's basically casual golf lifestyle gear and they tout it as golf wear for anywhere i was looking at their performance stuff this week scott because i think that's going to fit me better than one of those tour visors and i love the look of the old school tour visors but I think the performance hats are are where I'm gonna make my mark with low side golf wear.
0: Yeah, I, I like those hats. I was gonna pick one of those up.
1: Well, if you are, use that code L G I G and save fifteen percent off any order at all, which is a great, great deal. So Scott, we're 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 at Arnie's home.
0: Ah, uh, from Bay Hill Club.
1: So, Bay Hill Resorts planet, at 7,381 yards on the card, par 72. It was built by Dick Wilson and Bob Simmons in 1961. Arnie bought it in 1975 and did a complete restoration in 2009. Our boy, the man with the prevailing neck injury, Tiger Woods, is an eight-time champion. Scott, that's insane when you juxtapose it against this generation's golfers
0: there are guys who do not have 8 tour wins at all who if I told you their names you'd be like wow that guy's great um, but yeah no, Tiger's got 8 wins just here absolutely insane he is Tiger Woods hey
1: so before, before the first round even ends we've got two withdrawals we've got Jason Day and his back is flaring up again Probably because he's playing so slow, and then Davis Love the Third, Davis Love the Third was playing in the pro am and was on the golf channel talking about how much he loved this place and how great he felt and how he thinks he's hardly ever going to compete on the Champions Tour because he's playing so well and feels so good, and then he withdrew the next day.
0: Yeah, that's not a good look for Davis. Um, Good guy, but yeah, don't, don't say that you can't wait to uh, get out there and then just pull out cuz you you know you don't feel well after you just said you felt great.
1: Yeah, I mean and like come on DL3. We know the pull out method doesn't work, you know? <laughs> so, True. Scotto, first round, you loved DA points and Frankie Molinari having an ace, but what did you not like about that?
0: So, uh DA points' his shirts. <laughs> uh the one he had on and then the one that he, well, when you went to the, the PGA Tour website, it was actually a different shirt that they had him wearing than the shirt he was wearing during the round. Um, both of those shirts were um, god-awful. So that's my, my thought on DA Points' um, shirt. He at least isn't wearing the Lego belt anymore. That's an upgrade. So, yes. Um, he does wear that, that William Murray, you know, Bill Murray golf apparel. Um, like That's his new sponsor. Yes. So I don't know. Maybe go back to Lego.
1: I know a head pro, and not to mention any names, but I know a head pro near me that also wears the William Murray golf apparel. And uh, I guess I'm just more of a classic fan. Is that fair to say, to, to be able to appreciate that?
0: Yes, Fair uh, enough. That, I, that would uh, describe your apparel choices, I would say, very accurately. Uh,
1: I, I want to let the, the listeners know, Scott has taken to putting pictures of what he dislikes in our shared Google Drive that we you know, put some show notes in, and they are hilarious, and this is a, a picture of a man wearing... The D A Point shirt, and I can only describe it as a pretty decently fitting shirt. uh, But sperm-like creatures in hexagonal shapes all over the shirt.
0: Yeah, it's that. So that's the picture from the the William Murray Golf website uh, of the actual shirt. Um, Again, I, I. I did research. Um, so this shirt, hold on a second. I will, I will get you the, the actual name of it. Um, yeah, this it shirt is, is actually called the ringer, the ringer. Yeah. The it's ringer funny because Polo. the,
1: the, the objects look almost like ringworm
0: on it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yes. Uh, the shirt that uh, originally I, well, he was, the shirt that I thought he was wearing before I actually watched the video, because the PGA Tour website had, a different, had him wearing a different shirt, is the out-of-line polo, which looks like it has a course map on it, but the course map is make no sense. Huh. Um, um, he he does have a number of um, Caddyshack themes. Uh, names, at least, on the polos. Which like, you would assume. Example, there's, there's one called The Cinderella Story. Okay. Uh, and one called Ode to Carl. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I guess, you know, he's got to throw Carl Spackler some love. Yeah, I'm going gonna,
1: I'm gonna to go on record in saying that the fashion aspect of Bill Murray's career uh, will never really stand out.
0: Yeah, I I I don't know that I would purchase any of these.
1: No. So we're not going to look for him to sponsor us, but in the off chance you're listening, William Murray, feel free to call in.
0: Uh yeah, so if do you, you want to convince me that the shirts are really comfortable <laughs> and you want to send me one uh, by all means. You know, I am easily swayed.
1: Fair enough. By all means, send one to Scott. I'm good on this end. <laughs> um Hey, look, Francesco Molinari is going to win. We recorded a little bit early tonight because there's no point in watching Matthew Fitzpatrick uh, not cl- finish it and Rory turn it into another Sunday bus, which we'll get to. But Frankie Molinari is going to become one of the few people that actually have an ace in a tournament and win the same tournament.
0: Yeah, that that's a weird stat because you would think like you're making a one on a hole. Like, that automatically puts you in, in good shape. You know, you're, you're two under par. Yeah. Just on that one hole. But, yeah, it is weird. Most guys who make hole-in-ones tend not to win the tournament.
1: Right. And you know what I think it is. I mean, obviously, you need to be near the hole. You need to have good proximity control. But, look, hole-in-ones are, are, are a lot of dumb luck. You know? I'm true. There's, there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah, PJ Tour communication says that if Molinari goes on to win, which he will, he'd be the second player this season to win while making an ace. J.B. Holmes made one at the Genesis. I don't recall that. No, me neither. You know why? He was probably playing so damn slow. Well, it seemed like he I took do five remember. shots.
0: We actually made a joke about it. Shows we, how good we, my we, we joked that the fact that he made a hole-in-one, saved the rest of the field 15 minutes, and got them um, home. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like something we are say.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I'm sure you saw Phil uh, versus the fence.
0: Yeah, we we talked about this. Yeah. It's one of those like he should have taken an unplayable and taken a drop, but because he's Phil, you know, he thinks he can make any shot. Um, I do feel like Bones would have taken one of his you know well storied vetoes on that shot, but Bones isn't his caddy anymore. So I guess his brother doesn't have a veto, and there you go. No, I I Phil, I think Phil being Phil.
1: Yeah, dude. I think Phil at this point cares about nothing more than like staying on brand, doing whatever the hell he wants out there and just having fun nowadays. He doesn't need wins. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need money, and he looks at it and goes, "Oh, on live TV, I can swing right-handed through a fence. Yeah, haven't done that before. I'll do it." I mean And, and then it why gets not? Yeah, why not? It gets wrapped up in the fence and <laughs> the look on his face when it drops is awesome. Cause he's like, Oh, that didn't work out. Because every other normal person would say, No, Phil, that, that's it's not gonna work out. But Phil says, uh, you're wrong. I'm gonna stick this three feet from the hole. And then when it didn't work out, he was completely perplexed as to how could that have gone south?
0: Right. Like, doesn't it know I'm Phil Mickelson?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, another week on I, tour.
0: I, I do give him credit, by the way, for um the way he got back over the fence. Oh, with um, his scissor cut. A lot was made of that, and it. I, at some point, my guess is Mizzen and Mabel turned it into a commercial for, you know, their super flex pants.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I would not doubt he's a, a very flexible man, which is you know probably one of the reasons he's picked up some club head speed at this point in time. Uh, another week on tour, another player hitting from the hospitality tent. This time it was uh, Sneedaker. And, you know, that's going to happen because, look, the tour needs the hospitality tents up there. They make a ton of money on them and they're in play. And honestly, dude, Scott, those hospitality tents save players a lot of shots.
0: Yeah, because, you know, he has this really clean lot. Oh, it was perfect.
1: It was like hitting off a, a perfect mat at the range yeah. where you can even miss slightly behind it and it'll still bounce into the ball.
0: Yeah, and he had a clear shot of the green. He had a perfect lie. And, you know, he had to hit over some chairs, but, you know, these guys are used to getting the ball up in the air quickly. Yeah. So there you go. I think he hit it for like 12 feet.
1: Yeah, it was pretty close. It, it wasn't like Romo close, but it was, uh, it was a good shot. Um, t- tell, me, tell me about first off, Eddie Pepperell is, is hilarious on Twitter if you don't follow him but t- tell me about this, Scott I didn't see this
0: so uh, I, I caught it again, it was another uh, I think it was a new story on maybe Golf Channel's website uh, or NBC Golf so Eddie Pepperell is going out to the putting green to, to practice putting on Friday and he's the only one out there the putting green has one flag in the the center of the of the green, and Pepperell did not want to leave the pin in, so he went and took it out. And the coach was like, y- "You you can't take that out. That's Arnie's flag." And Pepperell was like, um, "You have to be joking me." And then kind of felt bad for a little bit, and then I think it was Charles Howell the third. He went up to him and said, hey, um, should I have left that flag in because it's Arnie's?" <laughs> and Charles Howell Third's like, uh, no, like your coach is just messing with you.
1: That's pretty funny, actually.
0: Yeah. Because. I, I, I think it's a good one, especially, you know, because it's, it's the, the coach, it's the guy on his team who's doing it. It's not another player. I mean, if it was, you know, Bubba Watson or something like that, you know, that that's one thing, but this is a guy who's actually working for him.
1: Right. Well, and the thing is, too, it, it's not like, that's not crazy to think that they have a memorial flag for Arnie on, you know, they could have it an umbrella shaped or something like that, or have the logo on it, and it's just there as a symbolic icon, you know, of Arnold. Yeah.
0: So it's-, it's My guess is uh, the umbrella's on that flag somewhere.
1: Yeah, well, the umbrella's everywhere this week, and it is a phenom. it's one of my favorite logos.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's actually a good um, topic for another show. Best golfer logos.
1: Yeah, best golfer logos, but also best tournament logos too. Because you know, there's some mm. whack tournaments that are called yes. like you know, like the Quicken Loans Invitational, and they sell gear with that. Like, who's going to wear that? Mm. You know, but you go to Bay Hill for the for the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and like you can dress that logo up in amazing ways. Yeah. All right, Saturday the course starts firming up. That I I love. Saturday I, I watched about an hour today. I watched a ton of golf on Saturday. It was the best round of these four. And it starts playing tough and my pick to win this week, who I picked last week, Rory goes, you know, ape blank crazy mm-hmm. on the course. Makes the run yeah. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, he was one behind, but for a long period of time, he was the the leader at eight under.
0: Yeah, he was looking really, really good. Um, you know, until today.
1: Yeah, and then today comes, and congrats to Francesco Molinari. Phenomenal, great win. He's a great player. He's really turned himself into a, a, a from a good player to a great player to now you know one of those top 10 top 15 elite players. but here's the biggest thing, Scott Rory seems like he is an absolute bust on Sundays. It's beyond comprehension how bad he is.
0: Yeah and again it's almost like he just he puts everything he has into Saturday because his Saturdays have been crazy. They've been insane. Papalua? Um, a Palmer? Out, he just goes out there, and he, he can't do it.
1: I don't... Uh, what do you think it is? Do you think he puts... you think he's putting too much pressure on himself to win? Or do you think he's doing too many stupid podcasts with Carson Daly for Golf Pass?
0: Mm, that's, a, that's a good question. His. It, it, one, you know, one of the things that I, I've heard a lot about Rory is that he, he loves his life outside of golf. Yes, which he should. And, and I just wonder, you know, if he's just trying to get by on his freakish talent um, and he knows if he goes out there and gets hot for a couple rounds, he's going to be almost impossible to catch. So and maybe I wonder if he's just not putting enough work in. I don't want to call him out for that because he's Rory McIlroy and he knows what he he can, he can and can't get away with. But I don't know. I just wonder.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it was if it was just Kapalua, you could say, "Well, it's the first tournament of the year, no big deal." But this is now going to be, if I'm not mistaken, his sixth top five of the year, which yeah. which is otherworldly. I mean, to be playing at that level. Look, if it was anybody else, we would be saying, dude, this guy made top five in six tournaments. That's incredible. But it's a Rory, so we're saying he hasn't closed. He hasn't won. He's got six top fives without a win. So, you know, I get it. He's put those expectations on himself, and it is phenomenal play. But here's my question to you. With the player's coming up, and I know it's important. I get that. We'll talk about it a little bit. I'm looking towards the big picture. I'm I'm looking towards the actual major picture. What do you think his chances are at Augusta after seeing him go six straight top fives? Is he trending towards a win, Scott, or is he not able to finish on Sunday?
0: Mm. Uh, so... It's interesting because, again, and he's had some Sunday breakdowns at Augusta. He so, had one for the ages. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if if this is his year because it, it, I would think it's going to happen at some point. Or if it's going to be, you know, Rory's in, you know, one of the last two groups and can't close on Sunday.
1: Yeah, you know, if I could see the future... The only outcome to this that makes me happy or I guess even in present day gets me excited is that I feel like he's trending towards winning instead of the other way around. So if you're to tell me that, hey, he's not going to win up until Augusta and he's going to keep on disappointing people on Sunday, but Sunday at Augusta it all comes together and he wins it, forget it. That's the story of the year. Like I'm in love with that, you know? You can't write a better narrative than that. But if it's going to be he keeps finishing top five and then we get our hopes up because he has a Saturday charge on moving day at Augusta and then falls apart again and does nothing on Sunday, you know, I'm, I'm going to be let down.
0: Um, I mean, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I, I, I'll tell you right now, I, I don't think he's winning this year. I'm gonna, my
1: I'm gonna say that Rory will win the Masters and Tiger will not play. Really? I could be throwing it out there just for a clickbait, but Yeah. I mean Stranger it, things have it, happened.
0: It, yeah, I mean it definitely it definitely could happen.
1: And it could happen mm. to Tiger Woods.
0: It could. Like you mm. ever have? You
1: ever have your, your back windshield broken with a nine iron?
0: Uh, no. no um, neither have
1: I. But it could happen.
0: It's true. It's true. Um. Wow. Yeah. I mean. Okay. I mean I all so, in on that one. Hey,
1: start off with a bang. Now, next <laughs> week, I'll tell you something completely different. And in three weeks, I'll tell you something completely different. And when we do our master's preview, you know, I'll tell you I like Zach Johnson or something like that.
0: I mean, he's won before.
1: Or my man Bryson. Okay. Speaking of Bryson, I was at an all-day basketball tournament on Saturday. And a guy there who listens to our podcast, uh, my man Jay Day, was giving me updates. You know, because I wasn't on my phone. I was coaching. And he looked back at me and said, "You know what, dude? I can't believe Bryson DeChambeau is your man." <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked up and I was like, "Huh? Mind you, this is the middle of a game." And I said, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, dude. He's like a real jerk." But I tell everyone that that's your boy. I was like, "Well, uh, let's 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 slow that a, a little bit. Like, I do like Bryson a lot, and I think he's like some." awesome kooky villain like he's a superhero villain but not like venom who wants to like murder people you know he's like um more like uh dr doom who wants to turn the 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 moon's uh reverse the moon's gravity you know so it like falls into planet earth and stuff and and all this stuff and and the fantastic four is like ah, dude that's a kooky plan we're gonna stop you you know <laughs> Where yeah. venom is like, I'm gonna eat your children, and your children's unborn children, and they're gonna give me power. Like that's Patrick Reed. Venom is Patrick Reed. DeChambeau is like Doctor Doom. He's like, ah, my face is disfigured. I'll wear this Iron Mask because you know
0: that's smart. Yes, yeah, he, he's been wrong. So yes,
1: you know, come to think of it, the Iron Mask is almost like a beta and theta wave measuring device.
0: You know, have you ever seen Dr. Doom and Bryce and DeChambeau in the same room? Rest my case. Exactly. So,
1: Scott, we got rejected again this week. This is becoming a weekly occurrence. Uh, We were rejected for press passes yet again, (laughs) this time by the Players' Championship. But, in a cool term event, uh, we're actually going to do an interview during Players' Week with Taron Gregson who mm. is an announcer for PGA Tour Live. She works yep. for the PGA Tour, has membership at TPC Sawgrass, uh, lives right there. So that's very cool.
0: But that's a, good, that's a good pickup.
1: That's a very good pickup, yeah. She's very, very sweet. Um, should be awesome. She's also a St. Louis Cardinals fan, so that's pretty cool. So we can talk some sports outside of golf a little bit. But here's, here's my new rant. Okay, the pros are all buying into this first major of the year, right? Calling the players the first major. And they're putting in their Instagram stories and their tweets. And I see what's happening, Scott. You can't pull the wool over my eyes. But now that I got rejected by it, I'm out. I'm out. It's just another tournament to me.
0: Um, it, yeah. Um... I didn't need to be rejected. It, it's just another tournament.
1: But if they would have given us press passes, Scott, guess what? First That's major the first of the major year, of baby. The
0: year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it. I could be easily swayed.
0: Right? I have no. I, wa- I I wonder what the PGA Championship is going to use as its tagline now that it's not Glory's last shot. Uh, so that Glory has you know other chances this year. Yeah, and and now that it's not, you know, the last major cuz they've used this is major for the the last few years to convince people that it was. Um, I wonder what they're going to use now.
1: I think they should go with the old schoolyard adage of first is the worst, second is the best. And then the, the uh, open championship can be like third is the one with the hairiest chest. Which well could pertain to men and women over in the U.K., depending on what area.
0: Wait, the. Is oh, the you, US no, is, I'm sorry. I didn't think they changed it, but I wouldn't put it past them.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I literally combined last year's and this year's. Yeah, no, they're the last major. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. First is the worst, second is the best. And they're just going to crap all over Augusta and make T-shirts that says that.
0: Uh, okay. It'll make teachers say, suck at Augusta.
1: Ooh. It's not a bad idea. Speaking of cool gear, you noticed how the Arnold Palmer is slowly becoming the tour event where players are starting to roll out some of this new cool gear. It was always, for years, decades, it was always Augusta. Because mm-hmm. that, that in... That in non-golf fans' minds is the start of golf season. Definitely. And it's always the start of golf season in the Northeast. Uh, You know, I I know people in the Southwest and the South, they play golf year-round. You know, save me. I'm not one of them, okay? I'm depressed for four months of the year. But it always used to be Augusta with the starting point for the cool gear. But Ricky's bag, his shoes, his hat, what Nike did with the polos. And I know there was someone in mm-hmm. particular who you loved their outfit.
0: Uh, I loved Rory's Thursday outfit, which was uh, an homage to uh, an actual outfit uh, Arnold Palmer wore, the, the yellow pants, the Navy blue shirt. Um, and then he had, you know, custom, you know, Arnold Palmer shoes. I I thought he looked great. Yeah.
1: There was, there was some cool stuff. Uh, Sam Saunders, Arnie's grandson, uh, Mache is, uh, Mach is a, um, a custom shoe designer. So if you're into shoes, you, you know his one-of-one one customs that are out there. And Mach did a, a custom for Sam Saunders, and like the inner workings of it had Arnold's face, the Bay Hill logo. it was yellow and red with a little bit of white and the same colors and green, the same colors as the umbrella. Uh, it was sick. And Ricky had these phenomenal-looking Pumas that had the umbrella on the back, which were actually still up for sale when I when I checked. But they were going for like 200 you know? And I just bought the mm-hmm. Concord 11s, the Jordan ones, the, the last week, so I wasn't about to drop that on those.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the Ricky stuff is really nice, too. And the, the one cool, and I wonder if it's going to continue this year, but last year a bunch of guys were using... You know, Palmer gear kind of all through the year. You know, different head covers and things like that. So I wonder if that's going to continue this year. Um, now that we've you know gotten through the Arnold Palmer Invitational, they've gotten their you know limited edition Arnold Palmer things. If they're going to keep you know gaming it, um, or if we're going to see them go back to their regular you know Callaway head cover.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I I I mean, if I was them, I'd definitely game it. But you know, there's different contract uh yeah clauses and whatnot that they have to go through i I really like those hats that ricky had the pink one yesterday was sick you know the puma one and it had the the p on it which i love because my last name starts with that so that's Mm. phenomenal looking and then the umbrella coming out of it. it it's just you know what it's cool for today's kids it's still stylistically classy for guys that, you know, remember Arnold playing. So it's just an, it's an awesome mix of, uh, of general, generational style. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about it, Scott. The USJ apologized to JT and said, uh, you know, oh, we, we were mistaken. He didn't cancel meetings. Do you care about that or no? No. Yeah, me neither. Um, but there's a few tour pros, and, and it's funny. Did you notice this week, with it being Arnold's event, that nobody was complaining about the rules?
0: Uh, I did notice that. Um, that, Yeah, I mean, well, J.C. wasn't playing, despite the fact that I picked him last week. Correct, correct. So, you know, uh, and Ricky, I feel like, is not going to disrespect the event.
1: No, I think that's the thing. I think, like, the silence speaks volumes in that everyone is so in reverence of Arnold that, they're like, well, you know what? This is this is not the week to do it,
0: kids. You know, right? And those two have kind of become the the spokesman for it, um, whether by choice or or just by coincidence. Well, Ricky definitely
1: so, should because he's been getting screwed. JT hasn't gotten screwed at all. He just wants to pop off at the mouth all the time.
0: Uh, he's he's getting his boys back. You know, like, Ricky's his boy. So yeah. And, and again, they're both huge voices. So, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. They, I think it was quiet, and I think it was out of respect for for Arnold Palmer. Right, which is
1: cool, because uh, we've heard it for a very long time, and it's nice not to. But there's a lot of to tour pros that are saying now that they would like to change the rules and have a pro set of rules and an amateur set of rules. And, hey, look, I'm not really for that, you know, um, because – most amateurs are gonna make their own rules up when they play anyway with their friends, but why do you think? I've got some theories too. I'm just I want your opinion. on it. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about this before, but why do you think like the LPGA, the Web.com, the Canadian PGA Tour, Latino America? Why do you think those tours are not having the same problems as the the PGA Tour?
0: Well, the LPGA and the the rules. Uh, there's been a bunch of issues that have gotten notice. Um, the the Lexi Thompson thing a couple years ago, um, you know that that situation. Right, but I mean, like um,
1: more specifically, these rules this year. Like, obviously, caddies hmm. lining up behind players. That's for the LPGA. Like, that's the right. only reason that rule was put in because people were going beyond insane with lining up on tee shots, second shots, sand shots, putts, you know, two-footers I've seen girls get lined up for. You know, we, we have a friend that plays on the LPGA Tour and would never use someone to line her up because as she says, like, look, I'm out here because I'm the pro. They're not the pro.
0: Hmm. right. Um, so my only thought about at least the web.com, tour is they probably do have issues just nobody cares about it <laughs> um, not, not us but right, and I, think that maybe, that I, maybe I not do care social media um, realm. but the media doesn't care um, and LPGA honestly same thing even though in a lot of cases I, I find the LPGA far more entertaining And they get it right a lot more often than the PGA Tour does.
1: Yeah, that's that's without a doubt. I mean, and I think most amateurs would learn more from watching the LPGA than they would from the pros' game. Because look, let's be honest: the PGA Tour—that golf is like a point zero zero one percent of people that can play that type of golf. It's not even the same game that we play.
0: Right. The other possibility is, oh no, forget it, I lied. Yeah, well, the web.com has only played...
1: I know, they've been off for like a month, I know.
0: Yeah, they've only played one tournament in the U.S. Yeah. So that I, that might have some impact on and, it. Too. And
1: you know what, maybe it's exposure too, maybe we hear more about it because the PGA Tour has more tournaments going on during this time, you know? Yeah. I just, I just personally would like it to be... Over and done with before the major start, and I don't mean next week at Sawgrass because that's not a major. No. Hey, just so people know, Molinari won at 12 under. That's what we knew was going to happen. All right, it was boring. Uh, hey, Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell made a little bit of a run and looked like he might have been able to go back to back. This this dude, I'm, I'm Scott. I'm telling you, Keith Mitchell to win to win the Masters.
0: Oh, oh, you you, you did pick Rory like. Who? Ten minutes ago. Roy, Roy McElroy?
1: No, he does golf pass. I'm out. Keith oh, Mitchell okay. to win the Masters because this man has confidence now, and he knows that he can go with these guys.
0: He shot 66 today.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great Sunday round.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, really impressive.
1: Hey, tell me what you uh, – what's your take on this backstopping issue? I got into it on Twitter today with some guy uh, – Gosh, I'm trying to find his his name to at least give him credit for it. uh, Gritty Pro. And, you know, he's going off and popping off at the mouth that backstop, but, you know, backstopping is like completely illegal and these guys should be fined and they should, you know, be DQ'd and stuff. And, you know, my whole thing is (sighs) we both have different sides of the opinion. My whole thing is that they're not good enough to hit that person's ball. Right, and they should be aiming at the hole. He said that one of the reasons they leave the ball there is not because they're trying to aim at it, but is it's because they're they could possibly hit a bad shot, and they leave the ball on the green in case they do miss the hole or miss the spot that they're landing for, and then it might hit that ball. I just feel like it's such a small. Um, percentage of time that it happens. And I know there was an incident with Sung Kang and Lucas Glover today where there was more than enough time for Glover to mark his ball and he didn't um you, you know do Sung Kang and Lucas Glover strike you as best friends that are trying to work together to cheat the tour and other players out of money?
0: Yeah, I don't think that there's a, a Sun Kang Lucas Glover conspiracy working.
1: Right, they're not going to um, be like a spring break crew, right? Like Smiley and Ricky and JT and
0: Yeah, and yeah, no, no, no. I don't, okay. I don't think that that's uh Yeah, I don't think they're they're in cahoots.
1: What do you think about this backstopping issue? Is social media making it an issue? Because I feel like it is. I feel like there's just some social media heroes out there that want to complain about everything, and while I understand the one side of the coin, and I do get it, um, I feel like throwing negative energy out towards the tour can be done in more productive ways and towards bigger uh, agenda items.
0: Yeah, there are definitely bigger issues um, than the, like two times a year that someone's going to manage to successfully back up.
1: Right, like why Uh, not throw all your negative energy towards slow play, which has been reoccurring and getting worse and worse week in and week out for the last
0: decade. And the other thing is, so uh, hypothetical situation, you know, Sun Kang and Lucas Glover and – you know the the chances of this happening are pretty slim, but let's say they both find themselves at the the bottom of the money list, and one's one twenty five and one's one twenty six on the, the FedEx Cup points at the end of the season. you know are people going to be saying that you know Glover helped him out then or uh, these guys are competing against each other you know do they are you know are they going to be friendly sometimes sure, but ultimately they're trying to beat each other. So, might it happen? Yeah, maybe. But the likelihood of it is so slim that I, this is just a, like you said, it's it's social media warriors who need to it, preserve the integrity of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, what, and, and Whatever.
1: I, you know, obviously I cannot be in more agreement with you and, and I do get, like I, that's the thing, I understand the other side of the coin. But, To me, it's just not a big deal because, like, while we talk about, you know, the tournament every single week, you know, to you and I, the pro tour is super important, but to regular people that play golf, like, I've met so many people throughout the years that play golf that don't even watch the PGA Tour, like, that still Mm -hmm. think that Phil is the top player on tour. You you know what I mean? Right. Like, people that will go... Hey, some guy won this week, and, and where's he from? Italy? Like, his name was Francesco Molinari? What the hell's that? And I'm like.
0: Sound, sounds like a guy who makes pizza drivers.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, you don't know the guy who won the Open Championship last year that beat Tiger? Nah, I've never heard of this guy. He must be new. Those type of guys. Like, the Pro Tour does mm-hmm. not, it's not important to those people at all. Golf is so much more than the pro tour and the pr- and if you want to nitpick on pro tour problems, I think backstoppings at the bottom of the list.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, slow play being number one and work your way from there.
1: Right. Let's talk about the ball that goes too far, that is uh, you know negating our ability to play great tournaments on classic era courses. Let's talk about mm. slow play. I mean, there's, there's so, you know, that's a whole other podcast.
0: Yep. It is. Uh,
1: I'm going to tell you what pissed me off this week, and I actually went your route and posted a picture mm. so you could see how ugly it was and why it pissed me off.
0: Go. All
1: right, so Martin Keimer is a great player. <clears throat> Martin Keimer is a former world number one a major champion, a man that you and I have both met, Scott, at Augusta.
0: Could not have been nicer. Went completely out of his way. Probably broke some rules um, and still stopped, chatted with us, took a picture.
1: Yeah. Definitely broke some rules that day there. And he didn't care because he was a world number one. And he he was world number one at the
0: time. could not have cared less.
1: (laughs) But Martin Keimer's clothes are made by Boss, right? You go, Boss. And he has a great, slim-fitting look. And a lot of times, he looks very dapper out there. The last three freaking weeks, he is wearing these shirts with a half-moon circle that extends from the belly button up through the armpit. And he's wearing literally the same outfit every week. And I hate, hate this half-circle that is... Not symmetrical, makes no sense whatsoever, and looks goofy as hell. Why is Martin Keimer wearing the same shirt Thursday through Sunday? Why aren't these people providing him with different outfits every single tournament every single week?
0: Well maybe that's his thing he's just he's going to go you know monochrome, wear the same thing you know every tournament the The outfit or the shirt looks like he should be like in a bicycle race instead of out on the PGA Tour. He
1: looks like he should be blood doping and climbing up hills in <laughs> France. Yes. Not hitting golf shots at the Arnold Palmer.
0: Yeah. Um, do you remember that the year Bubba wore the same outfit for all four days of the Masters?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was that white one. Um, Yeah, it was all,
0: it was was the the year he won, the the first win, Um, so.
1: Like that, you know, uh, for for the, but see, the thing is, like, for the Masters, though, like, that's, I wouldn't do it, but that's kind of cool, because it brings up recognition. People are like, yo, he's wearing the same outfit every single day, so when you see the highlights, like, you don't know what day it is, man. He, he looked yeah, like a milkman, and like I really didn't like the entire context of the outfit. I would have spruced it up with, with some more colors. But like for Augusta, that's cool because it brings some promotional value. You know what I mean? It brings some eyeballs onto your brand. Right. But putting a dude out there in the same four shirts week after week with this half circle coming up from nowhere, coming up from your nether regions up to your armpit is just stupid.
0: Yeah, it's not a good look.
1: And I like like, Martin
0: Keimer. Yeah, no, he's a good guy. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the only thing that I hated. The the model here has jeans on too. So yeah, that's even stupid. From the course to the street kind of vibe going.
1: Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe they think that shirt is as real as the streets. And then it's got a stripe up top, too, Scott. Like, it's got a stripe that goes from sleeve to sleeve across the shoulders and the upper placard.
0: The colors are very, like, saved by the bell, like, late 90s, too. Like I don't even... Neon, neon green and, and blue. Yeah, I mean,
1: and, and that's... and But, like, stylistically, the colors are cool. But these stripes out of nowhere are just, like...
0: Yeah, that, that's how I, that, that's how I feel about it. It's very... It's very, like, mid to late 90s. Yes. Like, like there, right should be, out there, we are. there should be lasers, like,
1: pew, pew! Look at these mm-hmm. cool lines shooting across, dude. Like, let's go to laser tag tonight. It looks like, you ever go to, like, the zoo or see on the news that they stick, like, a paintbrush in an elephant's mouth and it starts painting crap? That's what
0: the shirt looks mm-hmm. like. Maybe that's actually how they designed it. Maybe Martin <laughs> Kramer went to, like, a... Uh, like a wildlife refuge. And he's like, listen, just design shirts for me.
1: No, that, that was Stenson, Poulter, and McElroy.
0: <laughs> mm, yes. Yeah, it could be that also.
1: <laughs> All right. So uh, what bothered you this week? What pissed you off this week? Uh, what pissed me
0: off this week? Um, honestly, nothing. All right. It was a good week. It was a, okay. I, I feel like it was a quiet week. Um, I'm kind of, uh, I mean, I would like to see Rory close it out. I would like to see uh, Kevin Kisner play a little better today. But, you know, they're, they're human beings. Right. So I, I can't really say there's a whole lot other than DA points of shirts um, that, that I didn't really like. Yeah, I had to. I had to stretch to to find
1: something. This is the, the Arnold is always a phenomenal week, you know, for a phenomenal man. So, it's tough to find something that that bothers you, you know. I want yeah. to I want to talk about this real quick, Scott. Uh, this is relatively new. Did you see that? First off, Phil Mickelson said that the Players is not necessarily a must-play tournament. A while back, he said that about a month ago. Then he backtracked on his comments. And yeah, said, someone <laughs> of the
0: the and said, hey, don't say that again.
1: Right, right. And he said, oh, that's, uh, that's not what I meant, blah, blah, Did you see Phil said, I'm going to play a practice round on Monday and then decide off of that practice round if I'm going to play in the players or not?
0: <laughs> yeah, I did see that. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, he's showing up. Someone of the PGA said, hey, could you please show up at least and then he's like, oh, "Okay, cool. I'll play a practice round, and then I'll withdraw."
1: Yeah, let people see you on Monday, and then we'll we'll let you late entry if you want. <laughs> Could you imagine? Now, 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 look. This is for a tournament that wants to bill itself as a major. Could you imagine someone saying to Augusta, "Hey, listen, if I finish top five in the par three contest, I might play tomorrow."
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, no. (laughs) That's what they'd say. (laughs) They'd say, no, you you need to tell us ahead of time because we're not adjusting things for you. Yeah. Sorry, Nick Saldo.
1: You can't be more Phil than that, you know? Right. Like, hey, you know what? Let me take this course for a test drive for a few hours and then tell you if I want to buy it.
0: But if you're Phil, you're probably so used to that actually happening. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know what, I, I am going to take this car out for a ride for a few days, and then maybe I'll bring it back, or maybe you just send me a bill. Yeah,
1: he's literally test-driving the course to see if it's going to fit his game right now. Like, I, I, it's, I, it's hilarious. I love it.
0: Bill's going to fail.
1: You said it best. Hey, we're going to thank one of our other sponsors, Train on Train on Main. They're 427 Main Street, Stroudsburg, PA. On Instagram, they're train-on-main. And they're at train-on-main.com. I was actually there today, Scott, and took a picture, posted on Twitter, telling the people I was hanging around the sponsor spot, getting
0: swole. Again, it it looks like if you ever see, like, they have, you know, videos of, of where, like, UFC fighters work out or you know where like professional golfers go to to you know get themselves in shape it looks like it's equipped the same way yeah well if you're serious about fitness that's definitely a place you might want to think about going if you live in the the area
1: yeah there's nothing that you could want for that they don't have so I went before a little rain session today you know, because this is uh, this is mud season in Pennsylvania, which we call, like, first spring, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, things are starting to melt a little mm-hmm. bit. We had some ice overnight, but got out and uh, worked my uh, oldest son through a little uh, a workout, mm-hmm. some conditioning, and getting him ready for the junior tour season. And then we hit the rains for a little bit and, you know, hit some balls that splashed in the snow. Some of them plugged. Some of them splashed in the mud. But it was warm enough, Scott, where, where for actually about 25 minutes that took me to hit the small bucket, I was able to wear just like a hooded sweatshirt. You know? Yep. My hands yep. were numb after, but I didn't have six layers and a winter hat on.
0: We actually, yeah, we, we just bought my daughter a, a nice hoodie. So she, when it started getting a little warmer here, she doesn't have to wear a coat. Yeah, tomorrow is actually supposed to be pretty nice. It, it, we got two inches of snow this morning, so no, uh, no golf for me, obviously. But
1: yeah, I'm hoping to. I, I left the clubs in the trunk. I'm hoping to hit the range once or twice this week. That's the that's the plan. And you can follow all of our golf escapades on Twitter at leave underscore the underscore pin and. Uh, you know, we'll we'll be posting stuff uh, all season long, and and hopefully the first round is not that far away, Scotto.
0: You know what? It's going to turn real quick, I think, and pretty soon we'll be out there.
1: I certainly hope so. All right, anything else for the people, buddy?
0: Nah, because uh, you know, hopefully it's nicer weather where you guys are, and you can get out, hit some balls, get a couple rounds in, enjoy yourselves. Just think of me staring at the snow.
1: Yeah. and uh, Next week we might might be releasing two. We might be releasing the the Taron Gregson interview, and then our normal podcast as well. Uh, we're gonna see how that goes, but we're gonna talk to her Saturday of the Players Championship. So stay tuned for that. All right, people, either get busy golfing or get busy dying. See ya. <laughs>